0: I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen. It's just good to be here. It's good to be alive. You could be two oceans away and in a world of trouble. But thank God we're here. And he has blessed us. And uh, we certainly thank God for the gift of another day. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we do bless your name. Thank you so much for the gift of another day. Thank you for the soundness of mind. Thank you for the activity of our limbs. Thank you for the privilege to be in your house once again. we realize so many wish they could be exactly where we are but we thank you and we dare not take for granted your amazing grace so lord i pray that as your word goes forth that it will fall on fertile soil i pray for that person here this morning who does not know you in the pardon of their sin lord i pray that you would bind the enemy now as he attempts to Have us focus on other things other than you. Lord, cleanse us of all of our unrighteousness. Create within us a clean heart and renew a right spirit within us. We thank you for Jesus Christ. We thank you for his finished work on Calvary. We thank you for his resurrection. We ask all of this in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus Christ, And our soon-to-come reigning king, we do pray and give thanks. Amen. Amen. Is the joy of the Lord still your strength? Amen. Amen. Come on, don't don't fool me. (laughs) He's been too good for too long to give him a patty-cake prayer and praise. Because he has woke you up and... Here You'd have been through COVID and, sir, and yet has kept you. Listen, if for no other reason, just give him a hand for his keeping power over the last, listen, we're almost ready to step into 2024. And here you are. Many voices have been hushed in death. And you know some of them. But thanks be to God, you were not one of them. So we thank God for this day. I'm excited already. I haven't even got to my text yet. But when God has blessed you, no, no, when he's been good to you, you ought to at least give him the praise. Because you realize that if it had not been for the Lord on my side, It had nothing to do about your education, your zip code, your heritage, where you came from. It was nothing but the grace of God that has kept us. Amen. Amen. All right, I'm going to try to get to this. Bear with me because I'm a little excited now and I, I get that way because he just deserves that. I can't be cool and calm and collective when it comes to Christ. Are you kidding me? Let me move. Let me move. Listen. Um, we're coming out of Matthew's Gospel, chapter twenty-two, verses thirty-four through thirty-nine. Let me read it for you. And when you have found it, say, "Amen." Amen. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 22, verses 34 through 39, and this is what it says. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, Teacher! Which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So ends the reading of God's word. I want to preach from the sermonic theme. Um, Keep the main thing, the main thing. Keep the main thing, the main thing. Some years ago, uh, Stephen Covey, um, he was an educator, uh, he was a businessman, and he wrote this book. Some of you probably read it. See you already? Yeah, that's it. The, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I mean, it was, a, it was a runaway bestseller. Everyone was quoting Covey. And uh, he had all kinds of self help books, and, and, and he, he coined a phrase that uh, I found rather interesting. And, and, well, he said, The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. That's just a cute way of saying. Don't lose focus on that which is most important. Don't be swayed by distractions, but stay focused on that which is important in your life. For those of us in Jesus Christ, for those of us who have confessed him as Lord and Savior, the object of our affection is no other than Jesus Christ. He is the one who is most important to us. Am I right about that? I mean, I don't want to just say that. I don't want to make no assumptions just because you're here. But I'm believing that you have surrendered your heart, your mind, to the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the object of your affection. Not your stuff, not your zip code, not your 501, whatever. He is the object. Of my affection. But we have to be careful. Because sometimes, if we're not careful, our allegiances can change. Has that ever happened to you? Do you find yourself sometimes drifting away from those things that are most important to Him? And you substitute it with stuff that, well, you want to do. That you like that brings you pleasure. And is going contrary to pleasing him. Sometimes we lose, if we're not careful, our way, and we fail to keep the main thing. The main thing. Well, there were some folks that Jesus was dealing with. Uh, They'd. <laughs> They were the Sadducees, the Pharisees, the Herodians. They did not like Jesus. They didn't like his message. They didn't like his ministry. And they wanted to see Jesus good and dead. Jesus now is about a week away from the crucifixion. So they were about to get what they wanted. But Jesus was always in this tug of war with these religious leaders. And in verse 43, we begin to see where Jesus has his final confrontation with these fellows in Matthew chapter 22. Uh, these, these these Sadducees, and they were Sadducees. Uh, they, they, <laughs> these, these Herodians, and they, 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 there was nothing good about them. and so, so they didn't like the master. So this is what Jesus was dealing with. So, so they, they got one of the experts in the law, to come and pose a question to Jesus. They were always about discrediting Jesus and his ministry. They had nothing good to say about the master. And Jesus knew what he was dealing with. It did not catch him off guard. So he raises this question. He says, teacher, Which is the greatest commandment in the law? Now, mind you, they have been debating this for centuries. This is nothing new. Uh, They wanted to know which was the most important to the least important. But nonetheless, they decided to ask Jesus, hoping that they could trick the master. Jesus, full-throated, without hesitation, did not stumble, stammer, or stutter. Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and with all of your mind. Jesus quoted Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5. He went Old Testament on them, which they were familiar with. But, But see, these were some pretty mean and nasty folks. So Jesus begins to challenge them and their theology and their thinking. They knew the law, the letter, but they did not appreciate the spirit. So Jesus says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. And here's my question, how do we apply this today? How do we put wings on this so that we can, well live with it the right now i I don't want to just give you some information that's part of it but i'm hopeful that you can begin to apply what you hear because if all i'm doing is feeding you information and then you are not moving on what you hear then what are we doing here so the goal is for you to move upon hearing as you hear the word of God. The first thing he tells us unmistakably is that you shall love the Lord your God. First, love God and love others. You say, well, preacher, I I appreciate that, but everybody knows you ought to love God and love others. Well, yeah, we kind of know it, But let's start with loving God. Let's start there. Love the Lord your God. What does that mean in my everyday interaction with people? Well, the first thing it means is this. If you're going to love him, the first thing you have to do is surrender your life to him. You can't love who you don't know. All right. I've been married 42 years. My love for my wife now is different than what it was at 25 when I got married. You see, it has taken some time. It has taken some hardship. It has taken some difficulty. It has taken some slam doors. I guess y'all don't do that. Um, it has taken some yelling and screaming. Well, you know. <laughs> Loving someone takes time and it takes effort, and it takes intentionality. <sighs> ah. Jesus said these two are the most important. There were 613 commandments. Jesus boiled it down to these two. And listen, he has the same expectation for you and I today. Love God and love others. We have made this gospel trail so difficult. And here he makes it so, I love the simplicity of Jesus. If you're ever confused about what your role is as a believer, then check out the word. What does it say? Love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, mind, and soul. This is the first and great commandment. So how do we love him? Well, you surrender your life to him. Start there. And and, and that means just simply making a decision to follow Christ. In other words, you're saying, I'm no longer going to control the steering wheel of my life. Because on my best day, I don't know what in the world I'm doing. And listen, I, I, I admit, it is hard with Christ. All right? Oh, yeah, don't, don't get it twisted. It, it's difficult, dark days with Him, but without Him, Lord, have mercy. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His right. Seek God first, above your job, above your education, above your fa- Seek Him first. You know what I like about that? It, it makes it real clear, and it gives me some guardrails in terms of what I need to be doing. I'm not, I don't know about you. I'm not good without guardrails. I, I need to know that something's there that's going to keep me from going over the edge. But when I know what my task is, is to love God first, whew, that makes life a whole lot easier. I didn't say you get everything you want, it always works out, but I'm keeping my focus upon him. How do we love him back? That's basically what I'm asking. How do you love him back? The scripture says love him, listen, with all your soul, with all your mind. That's, that's a pretty tall order. And you can't do it under your own strength. We need the power of the Holy Spirit indwelling us that we might be able to live, love God the way that he is supposed to be loved. Can't do it on your own. I need the aid of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 3.16, do you not know that you are a temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? And when you have him on the inside, It becomes a lot easier to be able to love him with all you have. Because you can't do it no other way. He has equipped us with what we need. And this is a tough, tall order here. But I know that if I'm indwelled by the Holy Spirit, I, I can love him back because what I've discovered like you is the more I spend in his word, the more I spend... Meditating on his word, scripture memorization, the more I attend Bible study, the more I do those things that draw me closer to him, the more I'm falling in love with him. How do I love him back? I love him back because it says love him with all you've got. I love him back when I worship him in spirit and in truth. We are to worship him in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. As I give my best in worship unto him, I'm loving him back. That's why I find it so hard to sit down sometimes. (laughs) Because I'm just offering back unto him what he has done for you. I'm giving him love back. That's, that's a one. listen, the, the God of the universe, the, the God who's everywhere at the same time, all-powerful, all-knowing, gives us the privilege to be able, I can't write him a card, I can't send him an email, I, I can't break off some money and give it to him, oh, but I can worship him in the beauty of holiness, I can adore him, I can magnify him for all of his goodness and his mercy. It's a great thing to be able to love God back for all that he has done for you. Just love him back. Lavish him with his love. (laughs) I love him back when I make time for him. See, See, when I sit down by myself and you crack open the word of God and you begin to read it, He keeps reminding me how much he loves me. I see his grace throughout the pages. I I see his mercy throughout the pages. I I see his forgiveness throughout the pages. I see him making a way throughout the pages. It comes alive, and and I just begin to love him, want to hold him because he's just so good and so kind. Oh, my God. Who else is going to love you like that? As jacked up as we are. As nasty as we can be, he still says, come on, baby, I, I got you. I'm not letting you go. Yeah, you, we, got, we got some work to do, but I'm staying with you. Um, love him back, giving him glory. Oh, that's, that, that, that's, the chief end of man is to know God enjoy, and enjoy him forever. Or catechism, something like that. I can't remember, but, 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 but enjoy him forever. Give him glory. Glory simply says, Lord, I know that it was nobody but you who did this. I'm not taking credit one bit. I'm just simply glorifying you for who you are and what you did in this situation. He loves that. When you decide to give him your time, your talent, your treasure, I'm loving him back. When I trust him, when I decide not to lean unto my own understanding, but in all of my ways acknowledge him, I'm simply loving him back. Lord, I'm, I'm loving you. Oh, th- listen, and this is something, beloved, that each of us can do. I- I'm, I'm so grateful that he puts the hay where all of us can get to it. when you you witness, your witness, when when you look at what Christ is doing and then you share it with others, don't you know that you have a, a testimony that others need to hear? How he has provided for you? His faithfulness unto us? And then he says, love him with with, with everything you have, your heart, your soul. He wants to be the center of your affection. Ah, um, He doesn't want anything getting more attention from him. He he wants to have it all. He, He doesn't want a little bit of it. He wants it all. And I know that's hard. I got that. It's a difficult task. But he wants us to do that which is hmm, pleasing to him. J- just do as he said do. I-, I know it's hard. I know it's difficult. But I'm going, Lord, I'm going to love you with all that I have. Because that's what you told me to do. I'm just going to take you at your word. And I'm going to love you with my heart, my soul, and my mind. But then he says something else. He he doesn't stop there. Um, He goes further. He says, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Show love to others as Jesus loved us. Now, this is where it gets challenged because most of us can do pretty good vertical. We, we, we can do pretty good loving him. We, we can, for real, I mean, we, we, we can, we can kind of master that piece. The challenge is not so much the vertical. Yeah, I see, you, you already know, don't you? The the, the issue is horizontal. And he is suggesting that one way I know you love me is how you not only love me vertically, but how do you do horizontal? That's where, beloved, the rubber meets the road. Our orthodoxy doctrine, correct, that's great. Orthoproxy. Practice, that's where it gets tough. Practice, proxy. Practice, proxy. the proxy. That's, we got the loving him, but we don't do good with the horizontal. And one indicator that we love him is that we're doing good with the Horizontal. People say, oh, I love the Lord. I, oh, child, I just love... Well, okay. Back it up. What are you doing? Well, you know, I got a busy schedule. I got kids. I got a wife. I got bills. No, no. He doesn't want to know that. He wants to know how are you loving your neighbor. I ain't making this up, y'all. I'm serious. <laughs> he says, you shall love... Your neighbor. He's saying, and, and, and some folks get cute. they like, well, who's my neighbor? <laughs> Folk kill me. They're they, they looking for an out. That's all they're saying. Well, it's not about proximity. It's not about folks who live in your zip code. Neighbor, scripture, is anyone else. That means the drug addict, uh-huh, The liar, the adulterer, you know the list. Those are our neighbors. And he's saying, how do you do handling your neighbors? Those folks that God, that Christ brings before us. You know, the folks that you look your eyes at a little strange because they don't smell like you, look like you, dress like you. You know those folks. Yeah, he said, he said, I want you to rub up them a, up a, up sometime. Now, listen, I'm not suggesting you be foolish in your actions. Exercise wisdom, all right? Nobody's saying be foolish. But listen, y'all got stuff going on here. At the church where you get to rub against folk who, well, don't look like you, don't smell like you, don't laugh like you. Uh-huh. That's what he wants, all of us, me included. I want to be a better person in terms of loving my neighbor in 24 than I was in 23. Really, really. I I, I want to do better. I don't just want to give lip service to it, but I want him to put me in a position where I'm able to make an impact or a difference in someone else's life because they are my neighbor. I just don't want to come in and leave the same way. Shame on us. We come in, tip the plate, smile, grin, hug, and leave and come back the same way next week. No, 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 baby. This is a different day. It's a whole lot of hell out here that needs your light. And if they don't get it from us, woe unto us. Where are they gonna get it from? Oh Lord. Any other person is our neighbor. I want to do better next year. I want the Lord to say, "Mm, I see you listened to that preacher the other day, didn't you? (laughs) Ah, good, good. And see, he's the type that says, uh, stuff like your works will follow you. (laughs) What you've done for his name, he will remember. You're just not doing this for the sake of doing it. Don't you realize one day we stand before him I think sometimes we need to rehearse that. This might be the day that I stand before him. And I want to be able to tell him something that I've done on his behalf. Can you imagine? There's no guarantee we're gonna leave here alive. I mean, you can shut your eyes in death tonight. And what do you have to show for it? No, it's really. I I know there's some tough gospel. You didn't come to hear this, but I gotta give it to you because I'm up here. And this is what he told me to say. I mean Think about that. He wants to know, what did you do with the time that I have given you? What impact did you make? Um, this neighbor thing is, is, is important. Um, let, let, me, let me help you out. Um, remember in Luke chapter 10, uh, you, you're familiar with the story. The man that was going from Jerusalem to Jericho, he got himself in a world of trouble. He got all beat up. They they stripped him of his clothes. And then they left him for dead. Horrible situation. And the text says that the the priest saw him, looked in, and kept going. The Levite, he looked and kept going. But then there was one known as a Samaritan who stopped. And the Bible says he had... He, had, he saw him. His eyes were open. What I'm suggesting to you is this. Keep our eyes peeled as we situa- see situations where we can be a pretty good neighbor. All right? Every day the Lord has a way of bringing someone across our path that we can be a neighbor to. Again, now I'm talking about exercising. some dill- I mean, you know, just don't be reckless in what you do. But at the same time, Lord, I, is this you speaking? Uh, you, do, do you want me to do something with this? He, he saw the man, and, and his eyes were open. He saw an opportunity to help. And then by the he had something else, he had compassion. Um, it's more than just seeing someone and feeling sorry for them, but now he wants to do something to help this man in his situation. In other words, he wants to try to provide relief. That's what he's asking us to to do. Be ready to provide some relief for some folk that you are in a position to do that. Had compassion. Then then look what he he, he gave some sweat equity. He he did what he could. The Bible said he poured wine in a man's wounds. He he began to nurse him back to health. He, he, He had to do well. He had to maybe do something that was a little uncomfortable. And sometimes, as we are going to work with others and, and, and love our neighbors, it may require that we sometimes have to do something that's a little uncomfortable. He saw the man, he moved, he saw the man, he had compassion, he bandaged up the man's wounds. Then he put him on his his own animal. And then he took the man to an end. In other words, He was now walking while the man was on his animal. You see, sometimes it's just not always easy and convenient to be that kind of person. But he's saying, the Lord is saying, this is what I want you to do, beloved. This is how I know that you demonstrate your love for me is how you handle others and how you show that kind of love. Then he said, he took him to an end. And then he went in his pocket and he broke off some money. He said, listen, I'm leaving now, but uh, let me know how much it costs and and I'll take care of it the next time I come through. He's providing aftercare. He's providing money. I mean, that's what the Lord seems to be suggesting that he wants his children to do. As we demonstrate not only vertical, but horizontal love. He's saying being that kind of person, beloved, is always not easy. And, you know, we've been tricked and duped thinking that this Christian walk is about ease. Who told you that? In this world, you shall have tribulation. Man born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. But I'm glad he's looking and superintending what's happening. And being able to open some doors and make things happen. The moment I step out on faith and begin to trust him. And it's amazing how God begins to move through people and situations. He may be using you as a vessel. To bring the gospel to someone who was lost and on their way to hell. This good Samaritan, he was a great neighbor. He was a great, he shows us what the Lord expects of us. I'm glad that Jesus never lost his focus. Jesus knew how to keep the main thing the main thing. He never was confused about why he had been sent. He knew he was going to die. He never said, well, you know, he said, Lord, if, uh, is there any other way that we can do this? Not my will, but thy will be done. And they took your Lord and my Savior, and they hung him high and stretched him wide. And on that third day, he got up with all power in his hands. And if God can raise a dead Jesus... He can raise you up out of whatever it is you into. That I just continue to keep the main thing. The main thing. That's what pleases the Lord. Six hundred and thirteen commandments. These are the two. Isn't that amazing? I mean, He cut through all of the chase. He said, "Well," and you know who He was really talking to? He was really talking to the Pharisees. See, you got to remember who his audience was. The Sadducees, the Pharisees, and the Herodians. He knew their hearts. And he was trying to help them see, baby boy, you're missing it. I'm the Messiah, I'm the him, I'm the Christ. But you so into the law that you're missing me. Some people still like that. (laughs) They know this inside out, but they have no love for people. They mean and nasty, cantankerous. They just clobbering you with the word. Jesus never was, we never get a portrait of a Christ that's clobbering people with his word. He's always demonstrating grace. The woman caught in the act of adultery. Yeah, baby, you messed up. Go and sin no more. That's what he's looking for. Keep the main thing, the main thing. Love God and love others. They say, what the man preach about today? Listen. He only had two points. We got out real fast. He said, love God and love your neighbor. That's it? Yeah, baby. He, he didn't have no point. Subpo- he just, he, he, he got in and out. I ain't go to sleep. He was yelling and screaming all over the place, so he's hard to go to sleep on. So, but now he's convicted me because I'm doing pretty good with the loving God. But he he mess with my theology. He didn't mess with my, now I got to look at how I can be a better person to my neighbor. I was doing good until I went to that church. And he had to come up here talking all this, do better in 24 than you did 23. Yeah, well, take it up with the one who gave me the word. I'm just a paper boy. I'm just delivering the word. And Father, we do love you. I pray that you would help us keep the main thing the main thing, and that is that we love God and that we love others. Give us a heart of compassion. Let us learn to be gentle with folk. Let them see our witness as one that helps them see that we've learned to keep the main thing the main thing, and that is a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We love you and we thank you, In Jesus' name we do pray and give thanks. Amen. Amen.